Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Today, my guest is Roger Smith. Now, Roger uh, recently wrote the book, The Most Unlikely Leader, An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. Uh, So he is actually a former CEO of American Income Life Insurance, National Income Life Insurance, and Liberty National Life Insurance Companies. His journey through life is one that truly embodies the fact that no matter how low you are in life, you can always turn things around and become anything that you set your mind to. He was the recipient of the, oh man, I'm going to mess this up, the Hack <laughs> Robin Legacy Award, the Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> Human Rights Award, the Healthcare for All Champions Award, and the Soul Steen Award. Roger, I'm so glad that you and I were connected because I know that you are going to have some great insights to share with my listeners today. So welcome to the show. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this show. It's an honor. Well, Appreciate it. And when you and I talked uh, b- before we, we we just hit record here, you were telling me mm-hmm. some of the stories that you that you had through this this life of of like you said going from GED to CEO. So before we dive into some of the topics that I want to talk about for today's episode, just give mm-hmm. us a little bit of of your backstory. Just tell us a little bit about about who you are. Yeah. So. Um... I would say like up until the time I was 14 years old, you know, I was a pretty good kid. I got, you know, pretty good grades, not A's, but, you know, pretty good grades. I was the star of the uh, the junior high musical. I was in the chess club, the woodworking club. And on that oh, man, summer. I wonder if they even have that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so that summer um a uh, a switch flipped and um and i just moved into this highly rebellious uh, uh stage and right at that moment you know the hippie movement was just starting and i was looking for my tribe and you know and, and i'm sure at first it was peace love but uh, I spiraled quickly. So by the time I was 15, uh, I was a drug addict. I was a high school dropout and I was homeless. So, you know, prospects for a bright future <laughs> did not look very high at, at that point. And so my book, The Most Unlikely Leader, is, you know, talks about the the perseverance, talks about overcoming obstacles and and the lessons that I learned, you know, throughout those years um, to eventually becoming the CEO of, you know, two or three of the most financially respected insurance companies in the world. So it's kind of that journey and and talks about, you know, both my failures and my successes and 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 kind of what I've learned along the way. 
Well, and Roger, I think that your story can be very relatable to, to many people. You know, you, like you said, you were doing all the things the quote unquote, the right way, and then went through this rebellion stage and how you were able to, to kind of turn your life around. So, so I'd like to actually dive into a little bit about, because no matter where we are, like, even if you didn't go through a rebellious stage, right? there, there always seems to be some sort of obstacle that we have to overcome in order to get to that next step, whether it's, you know, let's say you're laid off and from your, from your job. And all of a sudden, you know, now, now what do you, you never had a plan B. You wanted to be at this company forever. That's an obstacle that you have to overcome. So let's start our conversation with how you can overcome obstacles that might be presented to you as you're navigating through this whole, you know, journey called entrepreneurship. Right. So, you know, first of all, I think that you got to start off with, um, you know, with the philosophy, if it was easy, everybody would have it. So if you are looking for something that means something, it's going to be hard. You know, start off with that premise. The second thing is that that I believe, you know how we're, we're told or we've told other people, you know, don't ever burn your bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have the complete opposite philosophy. I say burn every damn one of them. And, and I say this not and i'm not saying like burn your relationship unless you want to but but what i'm saying is that we all hit these obstacles what we feel are insurmountable obstacles and actually the problem with like plan b's or escape hatches is that when we hit this wall the temptation to do a plan B or to have an escape hatch. You know, like, you know, if this doesn't work, I'll do this. The problem is we end up giving up on our dreams because the just the temptation is too easy to do, I'll do this. But if you burn those bridges, if, if you've got no place behind you to go and the only place that you can go is forward, it is it is really amazing, Katie, how how creative you get with perseverance to either get over the wall, through the wall, around the wall, but you find your way over that obstacle. And and interesting enough, when you look back, you're just sitting there going, Okay, well, that was a bump in the road, <laughs> you know, but you're still moving forward towards that dream that you have. Well, and I think that it, it was actually, I, I saw something on uh, social media uh, the other night and they were talking about how there's certain things that pop up in our lives and it's always setting us up actually for success. We just, it might not seem like it at the time, you know, like I was Correct. saying before, like, like, so, so for me, it was when I got laid off from what I thought was, was my dream job. I had a great boss. I had great perks. I loved what I did. But if I hadn't been laid off, I would have never started this business. And, Correct. and it, it's, it's certain things that where it seems like it might be a giant bump in the road or a giant, like, well, what's going to happen now? How could this happen to me? It's setting you up for better things to come. Big believer in that, Katie. Big believer. <laughs> I really do. And, and you just, you know, you just got to have faith. You just got to have faith in yourself and just and just keep moving forward. 
for sure. So you you were able to overcome a lot of obstacles. Like you said, you kind of went down this rebellious path and uh, really kind of did not set yourself up for success. What happened for you that made you want to shift and and take back control of your life and leading you to become CEO of some of the largest, like you said, largest insurance companies in the world? Yeah. So I had a couple things that happened. First, first of all, I was very, very fortunate to have some great mentors. And and I'll tell you, Katie, I, I, I'm a big believer in multiple mentors. You know, it's like and it's almost like it's our responsibility to to be open because people want to help other people. So my stepfather brought me into the business. And so he became my mentor as far as selling and how to close and, you know, and how and how to how to run a, an insurance agency. And, and so he became my mentor. The founder of the company, Bernard Rappaport, taught me about you know social injustice. And if you're going to take out of the community, you put back into the community and about patience and about looking for the best in people. And then, and then my third mentor, Mark McAndrew, who, who taught me this first thing that I wish I had known early on. <laughs> and he said, you know, Roger, nothing's as good as it seems and nothing's as bad as it seems. And I sat there and went, okay. So, and, and he said, listen, when you're at one of those highs, you're going to hit a wall. An obstacle is going to happen, you know, and you're going to fall. And when you're in one of your lows, this too shall pass. And if you kind of think of it that way, then then, you know, your life isn't just these big highs and lows. It starts to even out a little bit. And because I was type of leader at that time who who would try to put out fires all the time, you know, he said, listen, just just respond to situations. Don't react. Mm -hmm. And so he he was able to teach me some really, really powerful things. And if you add all those things together you know, I think it's 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 what made me the leader that I became. But the leader I started off being, man, I don't know how anybody followed me. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I was I you know grew up under uh, when you want to motivate somebody, you know, you use emotion, right? But but if it's negative, you still use emotion. So I'd be shouting at people and stuff, and I, you know, it's like I said, I don't know how anybody followed me. Until I learned that you can motivate in a positive with emotion and then use data when you have to deal negatively with somebody. But I didn't understand that. I love that we're we're taking the conversation in this direction because I'm also a big believer in mentors, coaches, uh, people that specialize in helping you level up. I'm not saying that you need everyone needs to go out there and hire a life coach or, or whatever. I mean, maybe you do, but I do yeah. think that there's different parts of our business where you can use a, a coach for, you know, whether it's three months or a year or or multiple years, there's always someone there pushing you to be the best version of yourself. So let's talk about leadership and and having mm -hmm. these people, these mentors that really can help us take our business, take our leadership skills to that next level. What are some of the, the, the four characteristics that you look for in, in a quality leader? So 
I think the number one responsibility of a leader is that they're visionary. They see further than the people that they're leading. And it's almost like I, I tell leaders, I say, listen, if you're not spending an hour or two out of your day daydreaming, <laughs> thinking of what you can do to make your business better, you're not doing your job. So, so leaders are visionary. Second is they have influence, Katie. And, and you get influenced by really two ways. One is, is that you have to get results. So if I'm asking you, if I'm asking you to follow me and, and I'm not getting results, then why are you going to follow me? You're going to follow me because I've shown you that I can, I can get results and then teach you how to get results. But the second part of that is that that you really need to know that I care about you and and not, you know, that I care about you because it makes me look good. But I care about you. I care about your family. I genuinely care about your success. And so if I can get results and, you know, I care about you, then you're going to follow my vision. Right. The third thing is you got to have strong systems. You have to have systems that stand up, that, that even if you're taken out of the picture, that your, your systems are standing up alone. And, and then the fourth thing is that you have to be willing to inspect your system. So if you set up a system and you're not willing to inspect it, don't, don't bother. And I think what happens for leaders is that they get, they get fearful that their people are going to say, well, wait, you don't trust me. You know, it's like your kids say, wait, you don't trust me. And, and, and the answer is, yeah, I trust you, but I've put in a system and I want to make sure it's working. And therefore I'm going to take the time because I care about you to inspect the system and make sure that it's working the way I want to. And, you know? and, and, and yeah, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, if you follow those four kind of rules as a leader, then you're going to be able to create a vision and lead people through that vision where everybody wins in the situation. And I think that that's one of the, the best skills as a leader, too, is, is being a good listener. Listening to what other people are saying is something that I that I'm teaching or, or is is there something in the process that it might be really easy for me, but maybe it's getting there's there's a cog in the machine, you know, and it's not translating well and being able to to look back on yourself and say, OK, maybe I need to rethink how I'm approaching this topic so that other people can embrace it because, you know, what do you mean is this is difficult? You know, it, it's, it's just do this and, and then do A and B will happen. But it might, there might be some sort of thing that's just not clicking for, for the people that you're, that you're instructing or that you're, that you're working with. So with leadership, it, it can be something that a lot of people kind of back their way into or have a hard time embracing. And let's say somebody's listening right now and they're, they're saying, Hey, you know, I, I just wanted to start my own business. I'm really good um, at electrical. So I decided to start my own electric company. Um, but, you know, this, this, all this other stuff that comes with it is kind of 
made me a little bit uh, think think differently about how I'm I'm actually growing this business. Is this something I want to do? Because I never expected to actually be leading people. So what what words of advice would you have on really embracing leadership for people who might never thought they'd be a leader? So you know, I I think that there's there's many different places that you end up leading people. You know, whether it's in your family, your church, your whatever, there are places that you end up leading people. So, you know, all those things that we were talking about applies to that as well as the business. So, you know, if they're doing that in their personal life, then you're just taking that and now applying it to your business. I will tell you that there's a point where in your business where a light bulb comes on. And you're just going, I can't do this by myself. And and the answer is, yes, you got it. Finally, you can't do it by yourself. You have got to delegate it out. The, The more you can delegate and inspect, the bigger you'll grow, the better, the better it'll be. So. So Roger, I think when that light bulb goes, <laughs> it's so true. I had the light bulb moment uh, about two and a half years ago, when when I was because I mean I was I was doing it it all. I was from from all of the actual client work to you know editing this podcast. I, I was yeah. doing everything, and could I do it? Absolutely. But was it the best use of my time? And that's where you have to exactly with what you're saying. You have to go in and say like, where is my time really the best spent? And there was things that I thought was only taking, oh, it's only taking me a half an hour to go ahead and edit the podcast. But honestly, if I had that half an hour back and I was working on a client work, or if I was doing some ads for a client, that's bringing in more revenue. So how much would it cost for me to delegate out editing the podcast? You know? Yeah. You know, what happens is, so... When you're starting a business, right, you're told, listen, you better be you better be ready to be the, you know, the the cook, the waiter, the the dishwasher, you're doing it all. And so we kind of get that into our mind is, okay, well, I'm going to do it all. Well, that's for a temporary (laughs) for a short period of time, because your goal should be finding people that can help you reach your goal. And the more people you find, the bigger you get, the more you can duplicate, you know, all of those things. So yeah, yeah. If you're if you're in that trap, boy, that's you need to get out of that really quick. Well, and that I'm actually glad again that we're we're moving into this part of the conversation because you are all the things. I was doing the social media. I was doing the editing. I was booking the calls. I was doing the sales. And that was one of the parts that I had one of the the, the biggest struggles with was, was selling. And because I, I felt bad asking people people for their money. I mean, when when yeah. I started with with social media, it wasn't a job. It was it, it was, hey, I band. I can help you with your MySpace page. If you give me some free concert tickets, let's do a trade. But <laughs> social media has evolved yeah. tremendously since, you know, the days of MySpace. And so it was really hard for me with being the salesperson as I started my business. So one of the, and I'm sure that I'm not alone with a lot of entrepreneurs is like, oh, well, I'm really good at X, but selling, I never really went to business school or learned the art of the sale. Why don't you talk to us just a little bit about 
the art of the sale for people who might be struggling with that part of their business right now. Okay. And and so let me let me start off by telling you that I was by far the worst salesperson. So you know, they teach you that, all right, you give your presentation, you get ready to the to give the close, you give a closing uh, question, uh, hopefully an assumptive closing question, and you shut up, right? And then so then the first person who speaks is going to be the buyer, right? And so you just shut up. And that may take 30 seconds, it could take three minutes, five minutes. I was so scared of the clothes that the back of my neck would start to shake. And I literally thought people thought I was having a seizure. I mean, that is how bad I was at this. It ended up that at the end of the year, I was the number one salesperson. But that doesn't take away that that I was so frightened in the very beginning. And and what happened was that because I knew I wasn't good at it, I also understood that I'm going to have to work harder than anybody else at it. So when other people were giving three presentations in a day, I was giving seven, eight, nine presentations in a day. You know, in the mornings, I would practice my presentation, even though I was about to give eight presentations <laughs> a day, I was still practicing it in the mornings so that I could get through, you know, all the way to the close and feel confident and feel confident about it. So so the first thing that I would say to you, to say to you is that, you know, you really have to start with just a strong belief system. And and you really have to check yourself for the belief system. Um, because I was working for a company, you know, I had I had to go, OK, number one, do I believe in myself? You know, am I capable of doing this? Which I didn't have a clue at that time whether I was or I wasn't. But other people thought I was. And so they believed in me more than I believed in me. I want to stop you really fast right yeah. there because it's so true. Sometimes we are our own biggest obstacle and the, the self-belief, the mindset work, that is something that I, I also struggled with. And it's, it's shocking, honestly, because I grew up playing sports. I mean, it's like yeah. softball. I walked into the batter's box and I needed to believe that I could hit the ball. Right. Pitcher had to believe that they would strike me out. And it's all yeah. mindset. And it, it comes into that self-belief. And somehow along the way, as we as we turn into adults, we get these beliefs that, well, I can't do this. But there's that's again coming back to mentors and, and quality leadership, having people that are in place that believe in you and what you might sometimes you might not even believe in. If there's people that are out there that are setting you up for success. There's a reason why. Right, right. They see it. They see it. And so then the second part is that, um, you know, you got to believe in the product that you're selling, right? You know, it's like, okay, I can believe in myself. But if I'm not quite sure about the product, am I really going to be able to convey it, right? Um, Do I believe in the leadership of the company? Do I believe in the company? I mean, 
those are all key things. And the, and the problem when we go out and start selling is if we have cracks in any of these, then those cracks in that foundation just grows wider and wider and wider. So you know how, like I said, it's your responsibility for to, to be on the lookout for mentors and something? Well, it's also your responsibility to shore up your belief system. It's not somebody else's. It's yours. If you have a question about the product you're about to sell, then talk to somebody and find out, wait, okay, I'm not sure how this works in this market with this competition. You know, get those answers so that you feel strong when you're going out there and you have the the, the belief system that you need to have in, in all aspects of it. Really, really important, you know, for at least the start. Absolutely. Because if you don't believe in the product, it's going to show that, well, I might just be selling you something that might not actually work. You know, I, I mean, I think I think about, uh, man, what is it? The guy that sells the the flex glue. I don't know. He's out there in the uh, middle of that boat that's made <laughs> that he made out of like right. massive with like all these using it. Now there's a guy that believes, believes in the product. I mean, he's on the middle of a lake on this boat made out of glue. So I mean, you have to believe in the product because there's a crack. It will right. show <laughs> while you're watching. And and, and and the more you believe, the more confidence you have, the more passionate you are about that, you know. Uh, I've had people that I, you know, teach them how to sell. And, and I said, Hey, listen, you know, you, you really need to, to get a little bit more animated about it because if, if, if you're not conveying how much you like the product, believe in the product, why, why are they supposed to believe it? You know, it's up to you and I get it. I listen, it may not fit right in your personality, but I can tell you this. There's nothing I've done in my career that fit naturally. I wasn't a natural born salesperson. I wasn't a natural born leader. I wasn't a natural born CEO. If anything, the opposite. So, you know, it, it, because it doesn't feel comfortable, well, get comfortable. Do it enough that you get comfortable, that you feel confident that you can do what you need to do. That's how you overcome those things. Roger, this has been an awesome conversation. I absolutely loved having you on the show today. Talk Thank to us you. where we can find your book and where we can learn a little bit more about you. Okay. So uh, my book, The Most Unlikely Leader, An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can go on to my website, rogersmith.me. That's rogersmith.me. And um, my bio's on there. You can order my book from the website uh, All the and all my social media is on there. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Katie. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. For those of you that are interested in building more business, I invite you all to Social Profit Lab, which is going to be February 21st through 24th, uh, 2023. I brought together over 40 speakers, giving you the insights and the education into that one small thing in your business that could have massive results. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. 
And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.